thought from the Old Testament up to when Yeshua was walking this earth. Amen. That's what we're going to teach at this church. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So as we come, and what I want to start talking about this week is I want to start talking about revival. And we're just not going to be the kind of church that's just going to schedule a revival. If we schedule a three-day revival, the first day will be a day of repentance. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Because we got to ask God to forgive us before he can revive us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ain't yeah. that right? Yeah. So I want to use as a, 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 title, a, a sermon title today, I want to use Bible Revival. Bible revival. Because I want to show you how revival was done in Scripture. Amen. Fair enough? Amen. Amen. So in Ezekiel, uh, Ezekiel chapter 37, let's go ahead and do the reading first. Everybody all right with that? Amen. Let's read. Let's start in Ezekiel chapter 37. We're going to start right at verse 1. Amen. And I'm reading out of the King James Version of the Bible. Matter of fact, I think, let me, let me, let me switch to the, uh, to the New Living <coughs> Translation. Because I want us to be able to uh, have a true understanding of what Scripture is saying. Hallelujah. Amen. And in uh, Ezekiel chapter 37, we're going to start right at verse 1. Amen. Give me just a second. Hallelujah. It's 1228. I'm going to take my time, but I'm not going to take too much time. Is that all right, everybody? Amen. Amen. Let that Amen. 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 So the Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 37, I'm going to start right at verse 1. The title, the title above this section in my Bible says, A Valley of Dry Bone. Dry bone. Uh -huh. Hallelujah. Yeah. And verse 1 says, The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord. Who carried him away? The Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord. Isn't that the same person who carried Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted? Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. Verse 2, he says, he led me all among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground. Uh-oh, he realized something about the bones, that they were what? Completely or very dry. Mm -hmm. Then he asked, this is, the, this is the spirit of the Lord asking the, the prophet a question. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become, become living, living again. people again? Hallelujah. Now that's a good question. Because every now and then, I don't know about you, but every now and then I get a little discouraged. And I'm really, uh, in my mind, sometimes I think that it's too late. That the church that died off is no more hope for the church. We've become weak and impotent. But I'm so glad for the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says in the psalmist wrote in Psalm 23, he says that he restores my soul. Amen. In other words, he brings me back to my mind, to my senses, to know that God said, hallelujah, Amen. that he's going to win in the end. Amen? Amen. Amen. So every now and then, although we do get a little discouraged, listen to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to talk to you, honey, and he's going to let you know that no, God is the champion. Matter of fact, God is not in the process of trying to win. God has already won. Our Bible tells us that the battle is already won. Amen. Now we're looking at it day by day. Step Amen. By step. Amen. How many of you know that we're already victorious? Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So he says in the rest of verse 3, he says, O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer. The answer to the question, can these bones become living people again? So the prophet admits, he don't know. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what I have to admit as your pastor and the prophet. I have to admit sometimes I don't know. But one good thing about me not knowing is that God knows. And seeing as that I'm filled with his spirit, and our Bible tells us that it's his spirit that keeps us connected with him. Amen. So when I don't know, he gives me wisdom to know. And when he gives me the wisdom to know, I come and I let you know when he didn't let me know. That way we all can know. Amen. 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 We all going to be walking around the community saying the same thing. Yeah, We're yeah, not going to be the yeah. type of church where you go down here and, and, and let them fill your head with something. And you go over there and you let them fill. No, we, we at Sabbath rest, we are going to know what scripture says for ourselves. Amen. 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 Somebody might be able to teach me something more than I know. Yeah. But ain't nobody going to drag me back into something that I know ain't right. Amen. 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 So in verse 4 he says, then he said to me, speak a prophetic message. What kind of message? Prophetic. A prophetic message, which means a message that comes from God. To these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. Verse 6 he says, I will put flesh and muscle on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Somebody shout it. Amen, amen, amen. See, in other words, God says when I do this awesome miracle that no man can do, then you will know that there's a real Lord. Amen. amen. Now, there's some things we've been trying to get right in our lives for a long time. Ain't that right? Amen. But I want you to know the Bible talks about this man who was born blind. And all the big religious leaders said, well, his parents must have done something wrong that he was born blind. Mm-hmm. The disciples went and they asked Yeshua, why was this man born blind? Did he sin? Did his mama and him sin? Jesus said, no, he was born blind so that this day that I might pass by and perform a miracle in your sight, then you might believe. Hallelujah. So I want you to know that God is looking to perform a miracle, and the miracle is for you, but it's for somebody else to believe in God. Amen. Amen. God is a miracle worker. Amen. <laughs> and not, not only was God working miracles back then, how many of you know that God is still working miracles right now? Hallelujah. You got a miracle standing in front of you right now. Amen. I remember when my bones was dry. I remember when I was walking around dead, getting dressed in nice clothes every day, going about my business every day, but I had to come to a position in my life to where I realized I was dead on the inside. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in verse 7 he says, and I spoke the message. Just as he told me. Somebody say, just as he told me. Now remember when we started off in January, we started off with the sermon title, Starting the Year Off Right. Y'all remember that? Mm -hmm. And one of the ways we showed that we wanted to start the year off right is we used Exodus chapter 40. And Exodus, uh, the 40th chapter is the last chapter in Exodus. And what happened was God told Moses how to build the tabernacle and how to position everything. And, and from verse uh, from Exodus chapter 40, verse 1 through 15, it was the first year that God told Moses how to do it. So it's like when you read it, it's like God was walking along with Moses, showing him uh, spot by spot how to do everything. Mm-hmm. But when you get to verse 16 to the end, the Bible starts off by saying that was the second year. And it's like God had stood back to see if Moses was going to do what he taught him to do. When God tells us and gives us explicit instructions on how to do something, how many of you know that it's incumbent on us that we do it? Just like God says, amen? And that's what the scripture says here in verse 7. So I spoke this message. How do you speak the message? 
Just that's, that's as God, God told him. He didn't go add his own little bit. He didn't take nothing away. He just went told the people what God said to say. Now I'm telling you, we got a shortage of men and women in the church today that's willing to stand up like Todd used to say, stand flat-footed and preach the word. Hallelujah. And we got a lot of men and women that's trying to teach the word, but you're trying to butt it up and, and coffee it up so people can feel good. But what we're doing is we're making people feel good in their sin. The Bible tells me as a prophet and a pastor that I got to say it how God said it. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now I pray to That's God I hurt your feelings. You didn't mean to hurt that girl's feelings. But every now and then we hurt people's feelings unintentionally. And I'll, I'll apologize for hurting your feelings. But I will not apologize for saying what God told me to say. Amen. And how do I know God told me to say it? It's because in his word. That's why I like reading a lot when I come to church. Hallelujah. Come on, let's go ahead and finish that. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise. Hallelujah. All across the valley. He says the bones of each body came together. together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then I, as I watched, muscle and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed over the cover of their body, but they still had no breath in them. Now, this brings me back to creation. Hallelujah. Because mm -hmm. I want you to know now, God prophesied what he was going to do in Genesis chapter 1. And then he came back and did it in Genesis chapter 2. Now, I know they got different teachings on what that means, but the way that I was taught it meant is just what this prophet is doing right here. God prophesied before he started doing it. Mm. Ain't that right? Mm -hmm. So God now told the prophet what he was going to do. He didn't start off doing it. He told the prophet what he was going to do and told the prophet to go speak to the people, to the dead bones. Oh, by the way, before I move any further, I do need to let you know that the valley of dry bones actually represents Israel. Mm -hmm. And what the illustration is, is that God's people, his chosen people, Israel, they wasn't physically dead, but they were spiritually dead. Mm -hmm. They were still walking around trying to keep all the laws, all the rules, all the regulations, but they did not know God. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's a sad position to be in. To be on the team and not even notice the team mascot, <laughs> don't even know the team fight song, <laughs> don't even know the plays that the team gonna run, yeah. but you on the team. <laughs> and we got so many people in church that think they own God team, but they just like this this story saying Jesus called it this way. He called them whitewashed sepulchers. <laughs> in other words, empty tombs, empty bodies. You got a body, you got clothes on. You look good on the, on the outside. But once again, and you ain't got to raise your hand, but I want you to think about this. How often have you got dressed in your most uh, expensive clothes? <coughs> got your fresh hair cut, cut your, put your makeup on, got your good cologne on, smelling good, got your Gucci bag, you got all that. But when you pass by the mirror, <coughs> you realize you, you was looking at a dead <coughs> person. <coughs> Hmm. And it happens to the best of us, y'all. Verse 8, he says, Then as I watched, most, amen, we read that, amen. Verse 9, he says, Then, I, then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, This is what the sovereign Lord said. Come, O breath, from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies, so that they may live again. Once again, that brings me back to creation. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You see, because the Bible says that God had formed the man from the dust of the ground. So Adam was laying there. Hallelujah. But he had no life. And it's not until we get to the part in Genesis that it says that if God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and what happened? That's when the man did what? He became a living soul. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. And I want you to know today that God is wanting the same thing for the people in this church today. Amen. Not just Sabbath. I'm talking about God's universal church. Amen. Not those who just saying out of their mouth they're Christian. I'm talking about those of us who are trying to live like Christians. Hallelujah. Because God knows the difference, don't we? Yeah, yeah. And God knows the difference. We can, we can fool each other all day long. Yeah. But God knows those of us that's really trying to live like his people and those of us who just want to say we his people. Mm-hmm. Who that was? Ella Fitzgerald asked that question one time. Is it lie or is it memorex? <laughs> you see, and what they were saying is memorex tape was so good that when you listen to it, you couldn't tell it from a live performance. But how many of you know God can tell it? Mm. Are you alive? Mm. Or are you middle mm. mm. Amen. So he says in verse 10, so I spoke the message as he commanded me. How did he speak the message once again? As, as God, God said, said it. yeah. And breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Now what God is doing is he's reviving the nation. The nation was dead. And I want to show you, let me, let me finish reading first. Verse 11, he says, Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. See, he's letting us know. They are saying, We have become old, dry bones. All uh, hope is gone. Is gone. Our nation, nation is finished. Is finished. Huh. Didn't some of us feel like that after about four years of Trump? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Now see, as black folk, they, they, they think and try to say we're not patriotic. Mm-hmm. But I've been in the United States Army. And I've literally been to the war. I've literally fought for this country. And it broke my heart to see them folk climbing all over the Capitol building. A lot of black folk didn't care at all. But it, it broke my heart. I know those of us who've been in the military, especially those of us who served in that war, we feel some kind of way about stupidity like that. And I really did. I really thought that if these people get control of this capital, we're in trouble. We're getting ready to go into civil war. Well, I don't know if you realize what happens in civil war. A civil war is a war when the country is at war with itself. And we, 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 we actually had in the civil war, we actually had brothers killing each other. Yeah. I, 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 listen, I, I don't mind fighting when something is done unjustly. But I don't want to see my daughters. I don't want to see my granddaughters. I don't want to see my wife. I don't want to see my auntie and my cousins getting killed mm-hmm. for nothing. Because to win the war, let me explain to you, one of the primary war tactics is, if you want to make the men weak, start raping and killing their women and children. And I don't want to see that happen in this country. Amen. But I want to take a second just for a moment to enlighten some black folk real quick. Get off of the media, mainstream media, because first thing they're going to do is try to pump racism into your head. And when black folk hear racism, all of a sudden we get retarded. But I want you to know what what a lot of those people were fighting for. They got a lot of them that's really racist. Amen? Amen. 
And I'm not making no excuse for their racism, but I want you to understand what these people are really fighting for, because a lot of us don't. That's why I kept telling y'all over and over, you cannot go down there voting for these liberals. Because what the fight that's really going on in America is are we going to continue to kill 623,000 babies in the world? Live, 
again and return and home. Return home to your own to your land. land. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Then you will know that, that I am the Lord and has spoken. And, and I have and done what I, what I said. Amen. Somebody Amen. say God gonna do what he said. God gonna sue what he say. Yes, the Lord has, has spoken. spoken. Amen. 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 I don't want to read all that other part, but in the in the next part, uh at it's verse a reunion. to the end, yeah. he's bringing the two uh bring them back together. parts of uh, Jerusalem, he's bringing them back together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because that's what God wants. God wants unity for his people. Amen. God allowed the kingdoms to split for a reason. But at the end time, God is bringing all his people back together. I don't know if y'all know, or I, I don't know if I've ever shared with y'all, but Sabbath Rest is part of an organization, an organization that's called Christians for Israel. Amen. I get newsletters and all kind of information and all this stuff about Israel. In the Bible, one of the main prophecies in, in Scripture is that the people of God, we see it here, says that I'm going to bring my people home from the four corners of the earth. Amen. Because you got to realize something now. When you read the Bible, the Bible gives us, uh, especially in the New Testament, where after they killed Jesus, there, 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 there was what's called the diaspora, which means dispersing. That God's people has been dispersed all over the world. So what that tells me is there's a great chance that the people that's in Jerusalem uh, living in Israel right now, that ain't really the true people. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Come on. Mm. Because if the Bible says that God's people have been scattered, and you read it in the book of Acts, how do you mm -hmm. the word scattered? Mm -hmm. Because the people of God were scattered all the way from Jerusalem. Especially when uh, Nero got in power. Nero was so vicious and so brutal. He's the one that killed most of the apostles. Most of the apostles died under Nero's reign. And what did God's people begin to do? They start. They, they, they begin to be scattered all throughout the earth. But one of the most major prophecies that's in these prophet, prophecy books is that God's people will begin to migrate and return back to Israel. And the reason I brought up us being part of the uh, organization's Christians for Israel is because they send me newsletters and show me pictures of that's what's actually happening now. Is that Jews, God's people from all over the world, are now going back home. But see, watch this. Let me show you the trouble that you're in. <laughs> you have been told you from Africa. <laughs> and you believe it. We might have passed through that. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Mm -hmm. But every black person didn't come over here on no slave boat. All of our ancestors didn't come over here on slave boat. Because you got to be smart enough to realize that there was folk already here. Yeah, yeah. Now go go back and dig in your uh, that, that, that drawer that all of us got where mom and grandma and them kept all the pictures at. Go back and look at all the pictures and see how many of your folk look in here. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you, you let these folks who don't like you, didn't want you to read, kept you in And I want you to know that if Abraham Lincoln would have never written the Emancipation Proclamation, it's very possible we would still be slaves today. Wasn't mm. for Dr. King and him with the Civil Rights Movement, we would probably still be called, you know the word, mm. I'm trying to get better in 2021. <laughs> and every little story, every little story, watch this. Say the word slowly. History. History. Every time they tell us something, we believe it. History. You need to start doing some research to find out who you really are. Amen. And I think I found out who I am. I can tell by my attitude I'm from the line of Judah. 
I can tell by my attitude. I can tell by the way I, I, I'm fervent about God. I'm serious about God. Amen. Where you from? And I bet you so many of us gonna find out we our ancestors they come over here on no on no slave boat. You might have came on a boat, but it might have probably wasn't no slave boat. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Read up on uh, 1492 edict. Read up on that 1492. See, see what two things happened in 1492. Y'all gotta do some reading, amen. Amen. So he's showing us here from verse 15 all the way to the end of the chapter is that he's bringing his people together. Now listen, if we sit here calling ourselves his people, that has grand implication to it, y'all. Because you don't just get to call yourself his people. Paul wrote a whole chapter in, uh, what was that in, 1 Corinthians 11? Or uh, Romans 11. Paul wrote a whole chapter in Romans 11 about being grafted into Israel. And this Protestant uh, thing we're doing, it's got us disrespecting Israel. It's got us not wanting to keep none of God's holy days. Because if you true Israel, you will keep God's holy days. Hallelujah. Amen. You will recognize and observe God's holy days. I'm not going to argue with you about Christmas and Easter. <coughs> I don't care about giving your kids a party and having some fun. But I will say that all of God's people are going to recognize his holy days. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So as we uh, come together, I want us to realize some things uh, about what we're doing here. Now, God has been restoring his people. When you read the Bible, what you read is a restoration story over and over and over. God had to restore Adam and Eve after they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God had to restore the earth after he went to Noah in Genesis chapter 6 and told him, all the people think about his evil continuously that I'm going to destroy. Mm -hmm. And God restored the earth by the first. God had to restore his people when he brought them out of Egypt. That's why when he got them to Mount Sinai, he gave Moses the laws again. Because they had already knew this stuff because they was his people. God had to restore his people. Hallelujah. Even David said in the 23rd Psalm that he restores my soul. Mm -hmm. You look at every story in the Bible and it's a story of restoration. But before we get to restoration, I got a bite off elders teaching. And, and I hope you don't have it copywritten because I like it and I'm going to use it. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. I, I, but I did modify it just a little bit. For ours. Elder has taught us several times that with dealing with God, that God deals with us according to four R's. Yeah. Well, today I'm going to call them the five R's. Amen? Mm -hmm. As God's people, we always tend to rebel. That's the first R. We get into rebellion. And God still, does, listen, even in the year 2021, the wages of sin is still what? Yeah. I'm glad y'all know. <laughs> the wages of sin is still there. So God, God has retribution or payback. When we go against what he said, he will give us retribution, which means payback for our sin. But then when we get retribution, when we've been punished enough, hallelujah, and you read it in all the exiles, when all of God, every time God's people was in exile, after so many years, like in Egypt, after 430 years, God told Moses, he says, I've heard the cry of my people. Amen. And whenever God puts you in retribution, when he's paying you back for your sin, after a while, for some it takes longer than others, amen, 
for Jonah. It only took Jonah three days and three nights in that belly of that fish. Amen. He realized his sin. God had given him retribution by putting him in the belly of a fish. But what did Jonah do? He repented. So we have rebellion, we have retribution, and then we have repentance. And after we repent, then God will revive us. He will give us new life. He yeah. does it. Oh, what a mighty God we yeah. serve. We do wrong. We disobey him. Yeah, yeah. We go against his laws and his commands. We thumb our nose in his face. We won't come worship him. But you know what? Whenever we come to our senses like the prophet son did, God is just like the father in that story. He runs out and he gives us revival. He revives us and he gives us newness of life. Ain't that right? Amen. And then once we revive, he restores us. Amen. And the word restoration has forgiveness attached to it. Amen. 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 So once we are restored, when God has forgiven us, amen, then we can go and we can live for God. But I noticed in the Bible, after I took my time and started actually studying the Bible, I noticed that the same scenario happens in every generation. Mm. You read a David's generation. They had to be restored. Amen. Yeah, they had to yeah, go back yeah, and yeah. the covenant. Amen. Yeah. When you read about uh, 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 Moses' generation, they had to be restored. When you look at what all the prophets are saying, they are trying to restore the people. Jesus came to this earth as a baby so that he may restore God's people. Hallelujah. Well, let me tell you something about restoration and forgiveness. Amen. Amen. They have forgotten from our relationship class. Yeah. When you restore somebody <laughs> and when you forgive somebody, you have Y'all to restore them yeah. right back to their yeah. original place yeah. in your life. Hallelujah. Yeah. God yeah. don't make us second class when God restores us, he restores us right back to the, the vital, strong, smart, educated, knowledgeable people. When I got yeah, on yeah. Uh-huh. God put me right back, back where I started. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every time yeah. I get ignorant and stupid and I fall away, God puts me right back where I left. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Now that's the implication for us today. Yeah. When you forgive somebody, when you restore them, Restore them back to their original position in your life. We like to say this thing, well, I forgive them, but I won't forget. (laughs) No, we got to restore people back to their original position in our life. Well, watch this. The first thing happens is you you just got fearful. Because listen, if you thought about a real situation of somebody who done you wrong, when I said restore them back to just the way they used to be, you got scared. You said, well, what if they do it again? That's not your business. That's right, Sin. You got to restore restore again. Everybody all right with that? Mm -hmm. Come on, somebody say restoration. So in this segment of Ezekiel's vision, we we had to watch God deal with Israel's rebellion. Now, if we go back to chapter 33, which I want, I want you to read this on your own time. When you get to Ezekiel chapter 33, you're going to have to read chapter 33, 34, 35, 36, and 37. And what you're going to find is God now is uh, uh, manufacturing forgiveness for his people, but he has to destroy some other people to do it. Mm. Hallelujah. In, verse, mm. in chapter 33, God now established. Or the messenger, the prophet over Israel. God established uh, this part of the story. 
Then we get to verse 34, and God begins to tell the prophet to prophesy to the shepherds. But when we look at this uh, prophesying to the shepherds, once again, God is using it allegorically. Hallelujah. Because he's talking about a shepherd feeding the sheep. But what he's really talking about is the priest feeding the people of Israel. And when you read the story in chapter 34 about the shepherds, you will see that God said that the shepherds were not worried about the sheep. They were only interested in feeding themselves. Hmm. And we have that going on in churches today where the pastors, the teachers, the preachers, they're really not interested in the elevation and growth of the people. They're mm -hmm. only interested in them getting Rolls Royces and Mercedes Benzes and flying around in jets. You're not really interested in building up the people, having the people to be ready for the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. Because I want you to understand something. Just because you teach somebody how to go out and earn a lot of money, that doesn't necessarily it'll translate into you got their soul ready for heaven. And we got a lot of different things going on in church, and I'm not standing here saying that anything is wrong with any of it, but if you negate to get the people's souls ready for heaven, to get them ready for the second coming of Jesus, which is our primary goal, we are in error as pastors and teachers and preachers. So when you read verse 34, he's reprimanding the shepherds through the prophet by letting them know you've become too greedy. You worry about feeding yourself more than you worry about feeding my people or the sheep. Then we get to chapter 35, and you see that he tells the prophet to speak to Mount Seir. But the prophet is not really speaking to Mount Seir. The prophet is speaking to the people that Mount Seir represents. Mm. Because it was the Edomites, hallelujah, mm -hmm. that had attacked God's people. And not only did they attack God's people, they took their land. Mm -hmm. But I want, I want to be clear in saying it wasn't because the Edomites were so strong and powerful. It's because God was tired of his people's rebellion and he allowed the Edomites to come and attack them. And to take their land. So you see in verse 35, he tells the prophet to prophesy to Mount Seir. But then when we get to uh, verse 36, uh, he tell, yeah, ch chapter 36, he tells him now to prophesy to the mountain, the mountains of Jerusalem, the mountains in Israel. And he's telling the mountains, hallelujah. I want you to know now, God is not losing his mind. The prophet is not losing his mind talking to pieces of land. But these pieces of land, just as the Mount Zeal represented the Edomites, the mountains in Israel represented the land of Israel and the people of Israel. So God is telling them in uh, chapter 36 that I'm going to bring my people home. You can please believe that these mountains will be walked on again. That this land will flourish again. The grass will grow green again. There will be fresh water running through the streams again. Because I'm going to revitalize. In other words, let me use my word. God is saying, I'm going to restore this land. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to bring life back to this land. Amen. But this is the part I love the most when I got to chapter 37. That's when God began to do it. Because I want you to know that the earth ain't nothing but a piece of dirt without the people here. Amen. Amen. is nothing without the people here. If you take all the people away, there's nothing that's going to go on. So God is trying to restore his people. Hallelujah. Amen. And in restoring his people. Amen. God shows up. I want you to understand something. In this story, the first thing that we see happen in a rebellious nation is God shows up. 
Amen. And I got a feeling in rebellious America today, I got a feeling that God has shown up. And I got a feeling that it's just not rebellious America. I feel that the whole world is going against rebellion to God. And that's why God allowed coronavirus to stop the whole earth. Hmm. Hallelujah. Amen. God shows up. And when God shows up, it's not going to be no mistake in who it is. <laughs> I'm really taken aback. I'm really dismayed with people of God and pastors and preachers that's trying to say that coronavirus is not a message from God. <laughs> I'm really taken aback by that. Because when God shows up, God can stop the whole world from moving. Can't nobody else stop the whole world from moving. <laughs> God shut this thing down. And when God shows up, the next thing we see is God don't show up for nothing. When God shows up, God is getting ready to make a move. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But the thing I love about God is nine times out of ten, God don't really make the moves on his own. <laughs> God chooses men, women, boys, and girls to make the moves on his behalf. Yeah. So you see, not only uh, God came down and God moved, God caused the prophet to see. Uh -huh. You see, the Bible says that he took me and he carried me, and he showed me the battle. In other words, God allowed the prophet to see what everybody else could not or would not see. Amen. And those of us who have the anointing from God on our lives, Amen. Elder, we see things that the people can't see. Mm -hmm. And if we don't, we're in error. Because we have been ordained and anointed by God. So we should see things that the, that the people can't see. We should be the ones that stand out in front of the people, looking and making sure that there's no uh, uh, no wolf trying to come attack the sheep. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So he allowed the prophet to see. And when the prophet did see what God was trying to show him, the prophet now begins to analyze. Because not only did the prophet see that the bones were all over the place, the prophet made an assessment and he said that the bones were very dry, meaning that they were dead, spiritually dead. Yeah. And now God comes with <coughs> destruction. How many of you know when God comes, not only is he going to choose a man, a woman, a boy, or a girl, God is going to give us instructions on what we're supposed to do. Now listen, this is very vital that you understand this part, children of God. It's very vital that you understand that when the man and the woman of God speak, you need to listen. Amen. I don't care if it's your husband. I don't care if it's your boyfriend. I don't care if it's your daddy, your uncle. I don't care if they spanked you last night, didn't give you no lunch money. I don't care what happened. You got to understand when the man and the woman of God open their mouth, we open our mouth to say what God told us to say. Hallelujah. Amen. That's why you got to make sure you're in a church with a man listening to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Not just in some dark room at night yeah. making up a sermon so he can get you to shout. Amen. Every now and then, I don't care if you don't shout. Hallelujah. Yeah. I got to tell you what thus said. The Lord. Amen. 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 Because God is coming with His word, and when the preacher and the prophet begin to speak God's word, the people will know that it's the truth. Amen. So the prophet now begins to analyze, and I love this part of the story. He says that he heard a rattling going on. Ain't that good? Because when God begins to move. Everything around begins to move. I want you to understand that when Jesus was up on that cross, the Bible says that the sun didn't shine. Come on, it says that there was a great earthquake. 
I want you to understand that the Bible says that God so loved the world. Yeah. In other words, that he's going to give everybody a chance. Amen. The one thing about the God we serve, you have to choose it. Once you choose it, live like you really feel like your name is in that book. Amen? Amen. 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 We ain't got, we, we not perfect, but we need to try to be. Hallelujah. Amen. Ain't that all right? Amen. Come on, somebody shout amen. Amen.